From beyond the Anoram Holomag, I'm Lana Slock, and you're listening to Beings of the Galaxy. I know I'm not alone when I say, as a kid, I wanted to be a pilot. Get a starfighter of my own and sail off through the galaxy. The life of a pilot is often romanticized, so it makes sense that practically every kid in the galaxy dreamed of doing it one day, of going down in history as the next greatest starfighter pilot in the galaxy. But I've heard it said that the greatest pilots have a gift that separates them from ordinary pilots. Something that tells them flying is more than just pressing buttons and operating a joystick. It's a feeling. And alas, I did not have this feeling. Nor do about 99% of the kids who grew up dreaming of a life in a ship sailing across the stars. But I tried though. One summer, I begged my parents to let me attend a summer camp for wannabe pilots at the New Republic Academy. I wore them down eventually. I was very persuasive, and off I went, thinking I was about to enter the ranks of the greatest pilots ever. I was a delusionally ambitious kid. Took me places. The camp wasn't entirely what I was expecting. I thought we would quite literally be flying starfighters. Remember, delusionally ambitious. But of course, we spent a good amount of our time in simulators and performing team-building exercises. However, I wanted more. I wanted some real one-on-one time with the pilots. Late one night, after all the other campers had gone to bed, I snuck out of our barracks and made my way to the docking bay, where a handful of pilots were gathered. They were telling stories. I mean, you all know me pretty well by now, so you know what happened next. I walked right up to them and sat down, ready to listen. Of course, a 12-year-old out of bed at midnight hanging around a group of pilots wasn't at all what I should have been doing, so they stopped their stories. I immediately protested. I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to be just like them. But they found me amusing and appointed Cadet Van Guion to escort me back to my barracks. Van, though, decided to tell me a story on our way back to the barracks. Told me the love story of a deep space angel and a human. As soon as she finished, I wanted to hear another story, but we had made it back to my barracks, so that was that. Or so I thought. Because on my final day of camp, Van came up to me to say goodbye, but to also give me a gift, a little data chip on a necklace that contained another story, one that she had heard in her days at university, one about the origin of the Starfighters. I listened to the story often that year, but when I forgot about my dream to be a pilot, I forgot about the story and the necklace disappeared into the bottom of a box in my closet. That is until recently, during a visit home, when I was going through old things. I found the necklace, immediately reminded of that delusionally ambitious kid who always loves stories. Now she's a little less delusional, though still ambitious, but a love of stories replaced that love of flying. Stories are a feeling for me, just like flying is a feeling for the best pilots. And that feeling in my heart told me to plug that chip into my data pad and press play. Remember when you were a kid and you saw streaks across the sky? As a child, what were you told? That they were shooting stars? That you should make a wish when you saw them? Or were you told the truth? That they were meteors or ships jumping into hyperspace? 
Hopefully your parents didn't ruin your childhoods by telling you the truth and instead chose to make up a fun story to explain the streaking lights in the sky. Since the beginning of time, beings told stories to explain the things they could not explain. Those stories were passed down until we had a scientific explanation. And then those stories often became myths, legends, or full-on forgotten. One of sentient life's biggest mysteries has always been the stars. Many stories have been told explaining the inexplainable when it came to the stars, but one of my favorites came from the beings of Tolterra. The Tolterans did not have the language to explain that the stars disappearing above their world were not actually stars at all, but rather ships jumping into hyperspace, leaving beautiful streaks behind them as they went. Since they did not have the language to explain what was happening, they told stories and one of those stories eventually made its way to the shipyards, where it was told to a group of pilots, who told it to other pilots, and soon, the ships on the screen behind me became known as starfighters. X-Wings, TIE Fighters, and even the Vectors of old all share this one name. How many of you knew the origin for the term starfighter came from a myth? Professor? Yes, Miss Gion. I love the idea that all starfighters are called starfighters because of one myth, but doesn't that seem a little out there? <laughs> you raise a good point, Miss Gion. Can we make the claim that all starfighters are called starfighters because of one myth that supposedly traveled far enough across the galaxy that everyone thought the story powerful enough to call these ships starfighters? Why don't you hear the story first and then make your conclusion? Deal? Deal. A long time ago, and no, uh, uh, no, nah, nah, I, I hate that opening. Make, make it sound like some fairy tale. Let, 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 let me start again. So, when there were no planets in the galaxy and no beings to populate them, there were only stars, billions of stars, more stars than the galaxy had ever and would ever know. And these stars lived in harmony with one another. Some stars sparkled brighter than others, while some were content to hum at a dull hue. Some stars were yellow, some were red, some were white, and some were blue, but their differences did not bother them, because the galaxy was at peace and all was well. However, all the peace was disturbed when the first star ever born grew old and died. But in her death, a hole in the galaxy was created, and out of this hole the first planet was born and the first beings of the galaxy. Seeing this happen frightened most of the stars in the galaxy. But the smallest, kindest star in the galaxy, who also happened to be the star closest to this new world, witnessed the beings at work on the planet, which began to orbit her. She instantly fell in love with these new beings, saw her brothers and sisters mirrored in them. They are not much different than we are, the small, kind star exclaimed to the others. And by hearing her tell great stories of the beings on the world, the other stars hoped that one day they too would be lucky enough to have a world of their own to orbit them. But the angriest star in the galaxy could not believe what he was hearing. Did the stars not realize what they were asking? This world was born because a star died. For each of the stars to receive a world of their own, they were asking for their siblings to die. These planets did nothing to deserve their existence except enjoy the sacrifice of a star. The angry star only grew angrier and would not hear another word of this nonsense. Now the other stars became confused. They loved to hear the small, 
behind Star tell stories of the beings on the world that rotated her. But at the same time, they feared their death, feared that they had to sacrifice so these other beings could live. And soon, some of the stars became angry too, siding with the angriest star. The small, kind star watched as her brothers and sisters were thrown into intergalactic conflict, arguing with each other about the new world and if it deserved to exist at the expense of a star's life. But the small, kind star knew in her heart there was more to the story that they did not know, and she was determined to find the answer, for the angry star had begun to spread whispers that perhaps they should destroy the world and then save themselves. But the small, kind star would not let them do such a terrible thing. She had to find the truth and fast. And so, the small, kind star sought out the wisest star in the galaxy. She begged for their advice, pleaded that they tell her what to do to stop the other stars from arguing and to preserve the peace of her world. Now, the wisest star revealed to the small, kind star that they had known the oldest star in the galaxy. Small, kind star, the wisest star said, a twinkle in their eye. You come to me asking for answers about the oldest star's death, and yet I tell you truly, the oldest star is not dead. No, child, I can see her now, still shining brightly. What do you remember of the oldest star, hmm? The small, kind star tried to remember what she could about the oldest star. Well, she was very blue, but almost like a clear blue, the small, kind star said. The wisest star nodded, encouraging her to continue. And she loved to play and explore, and she was fiercely loyal, loved all the other stars in the galaxy. Very good, the wisest star applauded the small, kind star. Do those traits remind you of anything, or perhaps anyone? The small, kind star sat for a moment, thinking long and hard about the wisest star's question, and suddenly, without warning, the answer lit up before her when she saw the world orbiting her come into view. Everything she described about the oldest star she could see in her world. The oldest star's blue color was now reflected in the crystal clear sea that covered the world. And the oldest star's fierce loyalty? The small, kind star could see that in the beings on her world, how they cared for each other and sacrificed for each other. She could hardly believe it. The wisest star was right. The oldest star wasn't gone. She had just been reborn. All the dreams she dreamed were now coming true in her new life. The small, kind star thanked the wisest star for all their counsel. She couldn't wait to tell the other stars. But when she returned to them, she was met with more strife and more unrest than ever before. Her siblings had aligned themselves with the angriest star, and they were prepared to destroy her world. But what they did not know was that they would destroy the oldest star, too. Frightened and desperate, the small, kind star tried to reason with the angriest star, to tell him he was wrong and they had nothing to be afraid of. They wouldn't die! He would go on to live new lives! just like the oldest star had. But the angry star would hear none of it. He called her a liar, claimed she had turned her back on her own kind for the world that orbited her. He told her to step aside and let him kill the world that had killed the oldest star. 
but full of resolve, the small, kind star stood her ground. She would fight to protect not just her world, but to protect the oldest star as well. And so, their fight began. The two stars hurled bolts at each other. The beings on the planet below only saw light streaking across the sky, as if attacking each other. But in the galaxy itself, the battle raged. The angriest star was more powerful than the small, kind star, but his heart was no match for hers. With every bolt she shot at him, she remembered a piece of the oldest star reflected in her world, and she shouted each memory to the other stars, telling them of the oldest star's laugh that sounded like the wind whistling through the trees in the world, remembered how the oldest star loved to sing, and how that same song could be heard, sung by the creatures on her world. And that fiery spirit in the oldest star? Well, the small, kind star saw it in the fierceness of the beings on her world. How they protected each other, just as she protected them now from the bolts the angriest star threw at her. But still, the small, kind star was growing weaker. And she could not keep fighting on her own. But she did not have to. For the other stars heard her stories about her world. And they remembered the oldest star. And quickly saw that the small, kind star was telling the truth. The oldest star wasn't gone. She was simply reborn and the angriest star would kill her if they did not help the small, kind star. And so one by one they joined the small, kind star in her fight against the angriest star. Soon, he was overpowered, and with every bolt he absorbed, he grew hotter and hotter until he could handle it no longer. And the angriest star exploded, leaving fiery red sparks in his wake. But then, a hole in the galaxy opened, and the angriest star was reborn into a new world of molten lava. Angry and furious, just as he had been, the new world began to orbit the even-tempered star, who vowed to look after the angriest star's new form, for even though the star had been wrong and attempted to kill another, it was agreed upon by all the stars that he still deserved the chance to live his new life. Victory was won for the small, kind star and her world. The beings would go on to live long, prosperous lives, and every time they looked to the sky and saw the streaks of light, they said a word of thanks to their star for fighting for them and protecting them from all harm. So what do you think? Is their story epic enough to be the sole origin for the name Starfighter? Or do you think there are other stories that played into the title? <laughs> Saved by the bell. Think on it, and I look forward to hearing your answers at next class. If I could, I would ask Van one final question, but I can't because after her time at the Academy, Van Gion went to have a successful and decorated career flying for the New Republic Defense Force that culminated in her giving the ultimate sacrifice. If she were still around though, I would ask Van if this class was the one that made her want to be a great pilot. If in hearing Professor Chez's story of the Starfighter, how the small kind star fought for her world, if that was the reason why Van joined the Academy, learned to be a pilot, and ultimately fought until she couldn't any longer. 
Maybe so. Maybe not. But if there's one thing I've come to discover the more I find new stories to share with all of you, it's that each being in the galaxy decides to do something, decides to go somewhere, to become someone, because they heard a story that motivated them, taught them, moved them, or inspired them. They listened to another being's experience, and they connected to that experience, and thus it propelled them further down their own path. Another story helped them add chapters to their own. This season, I've shared nine stories with you. And last season, I shared 14. There is no doubt in my mind that there is at least one episode in either this season or last that stuck out to you, grabbed you, touched you, perhaps even changed your life. Maybe you're able to start a new chapter in your story with confidence because of that being story. Maybe their story was the very thing that you needed at your lowest point to help you feel seen and valid. I don't know. And it's not for me to know. I'm simply a vessel, a conduit, if you will. I've built a place for these stories to exist, for you to find them. And I'm damn proud of that. I'm proud of all the hard work the Beings team puts in to make these episodes as amazing as possible for all our listeners. And I'm proud of all the Beings who were vulnerable enough to share their stories. I'm proud because we've been able to create a space where all of you can come and discover something you maybe weren't looking for and didn't know you needed. And I hope you pass that gift on to others. The galaxy needs your story, your voice, just like you needed one of the stories we shared with you on our show. No one being's story is more important than another's. You have been given a gift, the gift of life. And life herself is a story. We each simply have a different version to tell, but there is beauty and power in our differences. You never know which being out there needs your story exactly as it is. So don't ever lessen yourself. Don't ever minimize your impact. Your story could be the very thing that sets another down their path toward greatness. And what a gift that is. I wish I could meet each and every one of you and say thank you to you directly for listening and for sharing our show. It means more to me than you'll ever know. I'm grateful to share this galaxy with you, my friend. Humbled and grateful. And if I could meet each and every one of you, I have simply one question I would ask. And that question is, what's your story? Thanks for joining me, Lana Slock your host for the final episode of this season of Beings of the Galaxy, a Beyond the Outer Rim Holomag production, bringing you the stories of the everyday people who make up our galaxy far, far away. We'll see you next time.